Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. We want to welcome you back now to week number four of our current series, The Church Has Left the Building. Uh, In this series, we've been talking about the ways that all of us can identify with the disciples. We can identify with what they were going through as they walked with Jesus all the way through some dark times, some lonely times, times of waiting, into a time of crucifixion, burial, and then the unthinkable happens. Jesus is resurrected. And today, as we return to the narrative and the story, uh, we're going to talk about a topic that I think is really important for us, something that I think all of us in some ways are experiencing right now. You know, I never thought that I would live to see the day where we would be experiencing a shortage of this. Yeah, toilet paper. I never thought there would come a day when this would be the premium uh, that people would be clamoring for and trying to find. I never thought I'd live to see the day when I wish my house would get TP'd. Uh, But the reality is this, we're in that time frame where even toilet paper is in shortage. Well, I don't think just toilet paper and certain hand sanitizers and cleaning products and disinfectant wipes are the only things that are in shortage today. I think there's something else that we're experiencing a shortage of right now. And I think that it's it's this, we're all experiencing in some ways a shortage of peace. And I'm talking here about true peace. I'm talking about God's peace. I think we're, we're experiencing somewhat of a shortage of God's peace today. Now, while on earth, Jesus spoke a lot about this topic of peace. Um, he often reminded his disciples that he had come to bring them peace that the world can't give and peace that the world can't take away from them. Now, friends, here's the reality. Nothing that happens in this life can rob us of something that God gives us because only God can take away what he gives to us. And so this peace that God gives, the world doesn't understand. The world can't give it. And so the world can't take it from us. Here's what Jesus said, John's gospel, chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, everything I've I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience troubles and sorrows. We're experiencing our fair share of those right now, aren't we? Troubles and sorrows. But you must be courageous. For I have conquered the world. You know, friends, don't miss that first line that Jesus says. He says, everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence. The truth is, this is a peace that only comes from God. And the early church, the early followers of Jesus, they got it. They understood it. St. Paul the Apostle, who penned 14 books of the New Testament, nearly half of the New Testament was written by this great apostle. He says this in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Did you catch that connection? Be anxious about nothing, pray about everything, and when you do, God's peace, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and keep your mind in Christ Jesus. Truth is, there are things right now that are beyond our comprehension. They are beyond our understanding. But what the Bible promises is that if we will not become anxious, but rather convert our anxiety into prayers, that what God will do is he will give us this peace that he promised. It's a peace that's in him. He owns it. It belongs to him. And he now offers it to us and says he wants it to be in us. And so today, what we're going to talk about for these next few moments is that God's presence offers us true peace. God's presence is what offers us true peace. You know, following Jesus' crucifixion, the disciples were actually where we are today. They were physically distancing from the world around them. In fact, they had gone and they had gone into a place, into a home, and they had literally locked themselves inside. They had locked the doors so no one could get in. They were taking this sheltering in place to a whole nother level. And they're, they're, they're physically and socially distancing. And the Bible tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 20, the first part of verse 19, here's what it says. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. So, so this would be the evening of the day where Jesus is resurrected. See, Jesus does not wait long to go to find his fledgling disciples. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. And I just want to pause in the verse right there. You know, it's been said that we are actually born with only two fears. So there's only two fears that we are born that are innately in all of us. And that is the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Now here's what that means. That means every other fear that we experience in life is a learned fear. Which also means that every learned fear can be unlearned. The disciples here are filled with fear, the Bible says. And it's interesting because in the Greek language, the original language that the New Testament was written in, uh, the Greek word for fear is actually a word uh, that's pronounced phobos. Does that sound vaguely familiar? It's actually the root word for the word phobia, which refers to an extreme fear, one that typically is irrational or illogical. What is it that often keeps us locked up not just physically, but emotionally. I would suggest to you it's fear. It's phobia. It's extreme fear that comes sometimes out of left field, and it leaves us feeling vulnerable, and it feel, leaves us feeling insecure. And it's in those moments that fear can lock us up, not just physically, but it can lock us up emotionally. Now, I don't know what it's been like for you to go outside, to actually go and do some essential things like shopping or just the other day I went to get gas for my lawnmower and I was watching people who were all over the spectrum on the continuum of how they're doing social distancing. And reality is this, you can walk outside and almost feel, feel a sense of fear, a phobia just about being outside. And that is not the way God wants us to live. God has not given to us a spirit of fear, friends. He's not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of love 
and of sound mind and of self-control. Generally speaking, we all experience really two kinds of fears in life. First of all, we, we experience what I would call an acute fear. Um, that's a fear that may feel a lot like chronic fear. In other words, we have the same physiological reaction to acute fear, but it's fear that sometimes drops in and then slowly it ebbs away in just a matter of moments. Uh, last year, I was actually taking a walk in a park by myself. And while I was walking in the park, a man passed me with his dog on the leash. He was actually on a skateboard. And his dog was on a leash pulling him. And when I walked by him, I don't know what it was about my shoes, my sneakers that I was wearing. But for some reason, he decided, the dog, that he wanted to take a bite out of them. And he pulled his owner off of the skateboard, got away, and came and grabbed me by the foot. And I quickly fell to the ground as the dog started gnawing on my foot. I can tell you, I was hit with some extreme acute fear in that moment. But when the dog got off me finally and the owner finally got to him and pulled him away, apologizing while he did, slowly as I got back up and moved on, I realized the fear kind of lifted quickly. I was back to my old self. Well, the second kind of fear is one that is called chronic fear. Uh, this actually is a fear that in some ways, like the disciples, we, I think, will be experiencing for some months to come. I think we're all going to be feeling this sense of an, of an undercurrent of some chronic fear uh, about what the future will look like. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what is uncertain. Uh, fear of uh, social distancing. And can we keep our social distance when we when the restrictions are beginning to ease and we are able to start moving out again a little more freely, what will that be like? Um, I, I, I thought a lot about this and I think what I'm understanding and beginning to sense is that I think it's likely that we will all experience at least a modest version of PTSD once we begin physically gathering again. In other words, I think we're going to have to relearn how to trust. I think we're going to have to relearn how to be together again. I think we're going to have to relearn how to physically be close to other people, uh, even from perhaps a social distance. What will that be like? And, and I think we're, we're all going to be experiencing some level of PTSD uh, at a very modest level that, that will actually accompany us, accompany us as we move back into what we may call normal life again. Now this phrase uh, in the scripture, do not fear, is actually one of the most repeated phrases in scripture. Um, depending on the translation, it is found in, in some six, 365 places and times in the scripture. Why? Why that many times? Why, why 365 times does, does that statement, do not fear, appear? I think it's because God knows our tendency to move away from God and toward worry. In fact, in the scripture, this word fear most often refers to a fear that results in panic and leads us to withdraw from the Lord. Now think about that. Uh, fear doesn't just lead us to withdraw from other people. It also creates distance between us and ourself, our true self. And I would suggest to us distance between us and God. And so here's, here's really the big idea for this morning's message. 
anxiety is contagious. You get around someone who's fearful and uh, trust me, you'll become fearful. You listen too much to the, to the media and you'll become fearful. You, you listen to people who are naysayers and pessimists, you'll become fearful. Um, so fear is contagious. Anxiety is contagious, but so is peace. So is peace. Peace is contagious. In fact, here's what the scripture goes on to say in John chapter 20, verse 19. Knowing that they, the disciples, were fear, filled with fear, Jesus does three things. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. You notice what Jesus does? Jesus shows up. Jesus had says, stood up. And Jesus spoke up. He came and he brings not just his presence, but he stands with them. He stands among them as one of them, together with them. And then he speaks. He speaks forth his truth, his word of peace. Now listen, an awareness of Jesus replaces our anxiety with God's peace. Let me repeat that. An awareness of Jesus replaces our anxiety with his peace. John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22 say this. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And just like fear, I looked up that word peace in the original language, in the Greek language, which, again, the New Testament was written in. And this word in the Greek is rich with meaning. It doesn't simply mean the absence of fear. Oh, so much more than that. It is often translated, listen to this, as quietness and rest. Quietness and rest. So when Jesus comes and, and, and stands among them and speaks to them, here's what he's saying over them. When he says, peace be with you, he's saying, quietness be yours, rest be yours. Jesus is offering to them something that they simply did not know in that moment was even possible. It is possible to rest physically, friends, without being at rest emotionally. You can be experiencing physical rest while being all stirred up and all shaken up on the inside. And that's where the disciples were. Jesus comes to them he looks on the inside of them. He sees what was going on inside of them. And he speaks quietness and he speaks rest into the deepest part of their soul. Now, in the Greek language, this word peace literally means to bring together into a whole. To bring together into a whole. That is, when all the essential parts are joined together, it means to be set at one again. I think that's interesting for this reason. When Jesus shows up to the disciples, he actually shows up with his wounds. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever noticed this? John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 20 says, As he spoke, Jesus spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. 
Now, I think it's an amazing thing that what identified Jesus to them was not the fact that he was simply resurrected. It was the fact that he was carrying in his resurrected body his wounds. And it's when Jesus shows up with his wounds that they recognize that it is the Lord Jesus Christ that has come up, uh, to them and come in their midst. Listen, I, I think this is important that I say this today and that you hear this. Wholeness, as some of us think, is not the absence of wounds. Actually, wholeness is the integration of our brokenness into our person. Let me say that again. Wholeness is the integration of our brokenness into our person, into our being. So peace, true peace, God's peace, is actually a gift of wholeness. It is a gift of oneness. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 27, I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. There again, Jesus says, and he offers us a gift. This peace of God is a tremendous gift, and it is a gift of making us whole and making us one, where all the essential parts are together and in right order again. We are at peace only to the degree that we are whole and integrated. So as we close this morning, let me ask you this question. How well have you done at bringing to God uh, the brokenness in your own life? How have you done at integrating your brokenness into your whole life? I look back on my life and my history, my childhood, I'm learning more about it all the time from my mom who I'm back in relationship with. And I can tell you, uh, I came from a very, very broken background. And here's the reality. That brokenness has actually made me who I am today. It is shaped in many ways. God has used it uh, to form and fashion the person that he created me to be. I, I don't understand how that works, but God does. And so God brings peace to the degree to which we integrate our own brokenness into our person, into our being. And God invites all of us to do that today. The disciples needed that. They needed his peace. Uh, they needed his forgiveness. They needed his love and his grace. And, and if you friends are with us today here on this broadcast and you need that, I can tell you that that same offer of peace, quietness, rest, wholeness, is made available to you through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so I pray today that if you have not entrusted your heart and your life to Christ, if you are experiencing a shortage of peace in your life these days, that I want you to know that Jesus offers it to you even amidst your fears. Maybe you have a fear today about what it will be like to trust God with your life and your future. I can tell you he's worthy of being trusted. And so give him a chance. He loves you. He died for you. He, re he was resurrected for you. He ascended back to the Father. He now is praying and making intercession for you, the Bible says, before the Father. And so today, 
I invite you to do what the scripture teaches us to do. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Here's what it says. Pour out all of your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. God loves you. We love you. We're praying for you. May God bless you today as you experience God's peace, even in the midst of your own fears. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.